Alright, so what's going on everybody? Thank you for tuning in. This is Only By Faith Podcast and I am your host, Stefan Brown. Today is the day. Today is the day that we go into a deep dive of vintage living and its culture, its background, the heritage, the reason why it is here and the reason why I started it. Um, I know a lot of people has requested this. Um, I really appreciate y'all interest in this topic because this is something that is near and dear to my heart and close to me. So yeah, let's just dive right in, right? Um, for those of you all who don't know, um, which you should know by now, <laughs> my clothing brand, Vintage Living, I started it in 2015. I was going into my senior year of high school and I was talking to my guidance counselor. It's so bad that I can't remember his name right now top of my head, but it might come to me during this episode. Um, I was talking to him and we were basically trying to figure out where I was going to go to college and what I was going to study because I was one of those kids who mainly focused on sports. I, I did good in all my classes. I had A's and B's. My GPA was fine and everything. But I knew the only way I would make it to college is if I got scholarships. So the only way to get scholarships was to get good grades and to excel in my sports. So that's what I focus on. Um, like I said in the last episode, I always knew that I wanted to own my own business and be my own boss. So business was obviously a career path that was in mind. So just talking to him one day, um, he asked me some questions. He was like, well, what are you into? What do you like to do in your spare time? Um, what are some topics that interest you? And so we talked for maybe about a good hour, which I did not complain about because I got to miss um, about two classes, <laughs> uh, the end of one class and the beginning of another. Um, anyway, that's never that's not even relevant. <laughs> but um, we got to talking and we started talking about design and clothes and how I like to draw sometimes because when I get distracted in class or... I'm one of, I was one of those students who got their work done ahead of time. So while everybody else is trying to finish their work, I'm over here bored. And that's typically how I got in trouble <laughs> a lot of the time. So um, I would just like draw. And I told him that. And he was like, well, why don't you go to school for graphic design and this, that, and the third? And I was like, well, I'm not really sure. Um, that sounds interesting, but I need something that's going to like lead into an actual career. And I know, like, with graphic design, it's only, like, a niche kind of market type of thing. Um, not everybody makes it. And I'm not saying that I want to do a career that everybody made it in, because obviously I don't. <laughs> I'm doing my own brand. But um, I, I had the idea of consistency, I guess. I had the idea of, all right, if I got a job, I graduated from college, my life would be consistent. Um and I would be able to afford the things I wanted to afford, take care of my life um, without worrying. So we talked a little longer and he had to start asking me about my hobbies and things like that. So I'm like, OK, um, like I said, I love to draw. I love music. Um, I love fashion and I want on my own business. So from those two things, he was like, OK, you haven't mentioned fashion this whole talk. So why do you love fashion? And I kind of just broke it down to him that since I was a kid, my mom would let me style myself. Every time we went to like a store, she like, she didn't dress me. And I really appreciate that from her, appreciate that from her. 
Um, she didn't force a style on me. She didn't force me to wear certain things. She didn't force me to wear a tux on Easter or any of those things. She let me kind of dress my own way and develop my own sense of fashion and style. So, and so I explained that to him and how I would look back into my childhood photos and see like vintage Tommy, you know, and Polo and things like that. Now, don't get me wrong, we we wasn't bougie now. Like I definitely was rocking some Blues Clues outfits, um, and uh, some Jesus sandals. <laughs> um, but yeah, those. But just the way I pick my outfits and how my mom would tell me I dress myself is what like kept me on fashion. And like even though we we didn't grow up with like billions and trillions of dollars, um, I was able to piece together what little I did have and create a fashionable outfit, right? Um, doing my own thing. And so I told him that and we got on the topic of what I was wearing that day. And he was like, why is you wearing this? What does this mean? He da 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 And <laughs> okay, so side note, for those of you all who don't know what da 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 and woody woop means, <laughs> it basically means et cetera, et cetera. It's like the equivalent of that. So um, you might hear me talk a little slang during this podcast um venture <laughs> um just bear with me i will try to explain everything and if you all don't know what something means please feel free to comment dm me on instagram or whatever and i will try to break it down okay back to the show um <laughs> so i was explaining to him how the jeans that i had on i sold myself um that i bought from a thrift store they were actually a pair of vintage tommy hill figure pants that were so wide leg but they fit me real good like in my waist and back then this was like 2015 don't for bigger guys um the only way you can get skinny jeans is if you pay like 100 150 200 dollars and that wasn't my lifestyle <laughs> granted i was working and doing my own thing making my own money i just didn't see myself wanting to pay 200 dollars for a pair of jeans when I can spend that $200 and get maybe eight shirts or two pairs of shoes or like, you know, basically just spend it in a more effective way. So I would go thrifting for my jeans and I had this really, really comfortable and good fitting pair of um track pants because I did track and it fit me real good down to my ankles. Because I was never a big fan of, I call them fat bottoms. <laughs> I was never a really big fan of the fat bottom jeans. I hate those. So I used that basically as a template. And I went and bought the vintage Tommy jeans. Took them home. Uh, watched a couple of YouTube videos. Learned how to sew and make a pattern and everything. And my mom gave me her sewing machine. And for about... Two to three hours, I was in my room making my first pair of jeans. And I wore those jeans for, I think I just threw those away last year. <laughs> so they lasted me like four years, so I did a pretty good job. Um, pat myself on the back. <laughs> but anyways, um, I basically told them how I love Tommy Hilfiger and all of those 90s, 80s, 60s, 70s style. And just the um, the scene of fashion. In that era was basically how I developed my style and what I would create my mood boards from when I wanted to um, make an outfit to go out to certain events. And so 
just telling him that, I guess he saw, like, my passion for it and was like, wow, this kid, he sold his own jeans because he didn't want to do this. And he was just like, why don't you go to school for fashion? And when he said that, it sounds like a simple statement, but back then, it was like a bomb dropping in my world because, one, I never thought fashion would be like a major in college. I thought it would be something that you would just have to have. I didn't think it was anything that you could learn. Um, and two, coming from the hood, you know, um, <laughs> when you speak of fashion, um, this is a bad like generalization, but when you speak of fashion, most of the fashion designers basically have a different lifestyle than what dudes from the hood are accustomed to. So it was kind of frowned upon a little bit, but you can say things like streetwear or you can say things like drip and swag and all that type of thing and it'll be okay. So um, me and him, we talked about it a little bit and we pulled up some colleges that offer design and fashion and the business side of fashion and things like that. And lo and behold, we came across our institute in Tampa. From there, he, like, sent me some information about it. I did some research. I was like, yo, I think I can do this. Like, this may be something I might look into. And he was like, well, definitely put that in your options. Luckily enough, I believe it was East Carolina University. They had a fashion program. They may not have it anymore, but they had a fashion program because I was still looking to do track for the scholarship purposes, <laughs> trying to get money anywhere I can. Um, so those were like my top two colleges that I was considering at the time. Talking to him and my mom, we basically decided that because our institute was in Tampa, it was closer to home. I was still in Florida. So, you know, that in-state tuition was still good and everything like that. So I basically went there for about a semester and everything was good. But, uh, Due to some unfortunate circumstances that was, like, beyond my control and had, like, health concerns and everything, I moved back home, and from there, I I still was working on my brand, but I was kind of focusing on helping my mom, and I think if I would have stayed in Tampa, I don't know where I would be, but I don't think I would be where I am right now, simply because I met so many people that I would have never met. Um, I opened up so much more because I was kind of like shut in and buried to myself because I was isolated. I moved to Tampa. I was new. I was fresh. And I didn't want to talk to anybody because <laughs> I had trust issues. Um, and, you know, just meeting new people, that's kind of like a a scary thing, especially like with the background that I had. I I just wasn't feeling it. And so fast forward to maybe... Let's see, 2017. Um, it basically took me those two years of basically learning how to sew, how to screen print, um, what manufacturing is and what mass production is and what color garments work good with white and black versus different other colors. Um, it took me about two and a half years to figure everything out that I needed to know in order to successfully launch my business. Granted, I was still doing, like, side collections. Like, I remember my homeboy, D-Mob, shout out to him. Um, he was my very first model that I had in my very first collection. 
we did a photo shoot in the back of like an abandoned Walmart in Gainesville. If you know what I'm talking about, it's currently Burlington right now. Um, but before it was Burlington, it was just like an empty lot and we went to the back. He had like a small digital camera and we went back there and did a photo shoot for my first collection. Um, I think I maybe dropped eight t-shirts, released them for like 10, 15 dollars. I sold all of them. So I was like, okay, I'm on to something. This works. From there, I had a, a set screen printer who I would make the design and I would send it off to them. And then they'll put it on a t-shirt or hoodie or whatever the case may be. They'll send it back to me. And based from that, I would sell my clothes in this and third. Um, that was good. That was working for me. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to do it on my own. Like, I wanted to be able to say that this piece was not only designed by me, but was made by me. I touched it. I basically did the quality control behind it. And just to let people know that this isn't just a regular t-shirt that you could just get from anywhere. Like, this is a piece of me. I took my time and made this. Blood, sweat, and tears, all of that is in this garment. So when you buy it, you're not just buying a t-shirt. You're buying, like, a piece of me. And that is literally the story I tell everybody <laughs> um, who basically asked me, about the background um so yeah it took me three years before i officially bought like my first piece of equipment to um produce my garments and when i did that i did not know what i was doing although i had watched youtube videos about it it's much different than doing this than doing it on your own because so many things can go wrong so honestly i messed up maybe I don't know how many t-shirts I messed up before I got it right, but I got it right. I persevered. And that is one of the points I want you guys to take away. Perseverance and consistency is the key. If you try something and it don't work out the first time, just keep going because you never know. Maybe the third or the fourth or the fifth time down the line, you may get it perfect and it works out for you. So never give up on that first try that you attempt because the first one may never work. But that fifth one though, that fifth one down the line, that may be a moneymaker, and you can succeed from that. So I kept at it, and I started doing my own thing. And in doing so, it allowed me to be more freely and, um, I, guess, I guess, more price conscious of how I price my items. And it allowed me to see a bigger profit margin. That was one of the, That was one thing that... I'm really glad that I went through, even though it took so long to get, it took three years for me to get to that point. I'm really glad that I did because if I hadn't, then I wouldn't know what failure felt like. I wouldn't know how to appreciate the success that would come. And I basically would just be another, I don't know what the word is. I would basically just be another t-shirt sold to anybody, but because I took that time out and I make everything on my own, it means that much more. And so, yeah, that's basically the history of Vintage Living. We're in 2018 now. My Capsule 3 collection, the one that had the maroon hoodie and olive green hoodie, um, that was all done by me. And that collection saw much success and I sold out of it within months. And from there, I just started going going hard <laughs> i was in daytona at the time i met a couple of people 
who were photographers and models. So luckily I built a relationship with them and they were able to like model my clothing and do photo shoots for me and basically help me market and promote the brand within the city to grow. After that, I took about a year off basically to rebrand and figure out where I want to take the vision basically um, because at the time I was just releasing some designs that I had and drew up um, I didn't really have a staple piece so fast forward to 2019 I dropped my what I call statement collection <laughs> but it was my spring summer 19 collection it's the Vintage Living Hoodie, which I call the OG Hoodie now. That photo shoot was pretty fun. I met some amazing people and got them to model it. 2019 was really basically the year of growth. Um, although I took a year off prior, 2019 definitely was by far the best year. Now, remember, I started the brand in 2015. And I said 2019 is the best year. It took me four years, four years of learning, hustling, dedication to see my best year ever. Imagine if I would have given up within the first three years. Imagine if I would have never prayed. I would have never fought for it. I would have never seek the counseling that I had at the time to figure out if this is truly for me. Ventures Living would not be here. I probably would be working some ordinary 9 to 5. And don't get me wrong, nothing is wrong with an ordinary 9 to 5. We need people to fulfill those jobs. But I'm not one of those people. I've tried it, <laughs> honestly. Um, and let's be honest, I got ADHD. I can't sit behind a desk on a phone for a long period of time. I had to have a fidget spinner. And even then, I got up and walked out. I walked around the building and it just wasn't for me. <laughs> Fast forward into 2019. Um, I got my first pop-up shop in St. Pete in Orlando. I got invited out to a pop-up shop in Orlando by my friend Johnny. Shout out to you, bro. Love you and appreciate you. Um, he was holding this event and he DM'd me. And in him, I saw a real hustler and go-getter. But at that point, I was still like figuring out my structure and <laughs> basically planning my next drop in collection. So at the time, I didn't really have anything else. I just had the statement collection and whatever I had left in inventory. So I was skeptical at first. I almost didn't do it at all, to be completely honest. But me and my wife, Kayla, we talked about it and prayed about it and was just like if I don't do it now when will I ever do it because there will never be a perfect time for you to take that leap of faith and fully trust in God with all your heart to follow your dream so we had like maybe four or five long talks and she finally convinced me she was like yo just do it and I hit bro up and I hit the other people up in St. Pete and I was like all right, book me, I'm in. <laughs> and so leading up to those events, I planned two exclusive drops that you can only get at those events and investing the money into it and the time and resources. I was like, yo, 
if I don't see something back, then I am stuck. I am in the red, and this will be the end of Ventures Living. <laughs> so, um, St. Pete was the first one of the two, and I got there literally. I believe the event was from 12 to 4. From 12 to about maybe 2.30, I hadn't sold a single thing. People was walking up to my booth, talking to me, asking me questions, looking through my racks. But I hadn't sold a single thing. And I had ran a sale, too, at that time. Like, oh, $10 t-shirts, 2 for 15 you know, anything just to get the product out there. Um, <laughs> I remember my wife touching me on my back because it was a lady to my right selling candles and a little kid to my left um selling like stickers and dolphin t-shirts and stuff like that that he had a really good hustle going on um and i'm not knocking either one of them their grind is their grind what's meant for them is meant for them but at the time i was really discouraged because like i said before i took that leap of faith and i spent two and a half hours there i invested x amount of dollars to be there and product and gas and you know, event fees and everything like that. And I hadn't sold a single thing. So at 2.30, I'm sitting here like, I'm not even going to break even. And um, I got really discouraged. And <laughs> not going to lie, my wife touched me. Um, a tear almost fell out of my eye because I felt defeated. I felt like I wasn't good enough. Um, and to rip the Band-Aid off the scar, I felt like it wasn't meant for me. And... Literally, the little ounce of faith I had, um, I closed my eyes and prayed. I was like, Lord, you did not send me all the way down here. You did not get me this prepared and ready to come all the way down here to not sell anything, to not meet anybody, to not make a connection at least. So if this is meant for me, if following this dream, if vintage living is meant to be successful, and I'm meant to be successful. Give me a sign. Because I can't do this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay the rest of the event. And I opened my eyes. And I told Kayla it's going to be alright. Fixed my face and prepared to sell. Basically, I prepared myself to sell. Not even within 15 or 30 minutes. I had a guy. His name is Barry. I'll never forget. We're Facebook friends now, by the way. <laughs> Barry came up to me and said, hey, man, I love your shirt. It was the um, Capsule 2 shirt, Vintage, um, that kind of looked like Martin. He was like, hey, man, I love this shirt. How much is it? I said, it's on sale for $10. And then he looked at me and he said, this shirt reminds me of the sign I got back home. I want you to have it. Give me give me a minute. Um, I want to buy this shirt as well. But if you will let me go back home. Get this sign and bring it to you so I can show it to you. I'll be right back. I was like, perfect. So I sold him the $10 shirt. He went home. And literally after he left, people just start coming. <laughs> buying clothes. Buying the new merch that I dropped specifically for this pop-up shop. Buying old clothes. Just shopping. And when I tell y'all, <laughs> I can feel it right now. Um... When I tell y'all that I felt an overwhelming joy come over my life, not because people was selling, not because people was buying my clothes, 
Not because people were coming to my booth, but because God saw fit to answer my prayer. (laughs) He saw fit to let me know that I can do this. And after that, I I sold half of my inventory that day. Just think about that. I'm not going to throw any numbers out there, but I sold half of my inventory that day. Not flexing, but God is good. <laughs> um, so fast forward, Barry come back with a sign, a literal wooden sign that says vintage on it. And he said, I used this I bought this sign from somebody and I use it on my eBay site. He used it as his header, um, because he sold like vintage knickknacks and antiques and things like that. He was like, When I saw your shirt, it reminded me of the sign that I bought. He only used it for the picture. He said he bought it maybe over five years ago. He was like, I want you to have this sign. Consider it a gift for me. Just because you made this shirt and it reminded me of this, I want you to have it. Y'all, I didn't cry, but I wanted to. <laughs> um, The biggest smile came across my face and I was so overwhelmed. I was like, yo, Barry, you don't even know. Like, <laughs> my guy, you don't even know how much this means to me right now. Barry bought another shirt for his son. We took a picture together holding a sign. And um, y'all, literally after he left, he's the sweetest, kindest old gentleman. Um, My wife looked at me and was like, you got this. And I was like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> um, But the moral of that story is, the reason why I took so much time to tell it was because of a prayer. A little ounce of faith that I had to put it up. God literally answered it and sent me a sign. A literal sign, (laughs) y'all. I still have that sign. I'm I'm never going to throw it away. I thought about redoing it or like um, building it back up. But I was like, nope. Mm -mm. I'm leaving untouched and I'm going to use it. I'm going to hang it up in my storefront when I get one. (laughs) Um, But yeah. A literal sign that this is what I'm supposed to do and that I can be successful. Coming off of that, leading up into the Orlando pop-up shop, I'm rolling off steam. Not off of my own steam, but off of my faith. Went into the Orlando shop, was successful. In the middle of me being at the Orlando shop, I booked the rest of September and, and October. Just off of that. So when I say... That 2019 was the best year for vintage living. I don't mean sale-wise, although that can be implied. I meant in growth and connections-wise. I meant in (laughs) faith-wise. This podcast is called Only By Faith. So if you haven't caught on, everything I'm going to talk about is centered around faith. (laughs) So um, the end of that quarter of the year, business booming, taking off. And here we are today, 2020. Still going strong, even through the pandemic. Um, Thank you to everybody who ordered stuff from the website. Um, I'm sorry that shipping takes so long via USPS. I'm actually looking out to other options. Um, But I really appreciate y'all for sticking with me, not bashing me on internet or anything. Um, It's literally not up to me. It's up to USPS. And they're so overwhelmed. Let's cut them some slack. Um, I really appreciate those guys there because without them... um, these orders won't get off to you all. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we're here, twenty twenty, and 
coming up to mid-May. Florida is supposed to be opening now. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to talk about the pandemic, but that's not what you guys want to hear about. <laughs> if it is, let me know. As always, swipe up on Instagram or email me. Um, my email is on my Instagram, but I guess I'll throw it out there right now. It's Stefan L. Brown. And please don't spell Stefan with an A. I hate that. So, yeah, Stefan L. Brown at gmail.com. If you don't know how to spell my name, <laughs> which a lot of people don't, it's S T E P H O N, the letter L, brown, like the color, at gmail.com. Submit me questions, submit me topics. I will read them. I will happily talk about it, whatever you guys want to know. And yeah, so I feel like that's a good stopping point. I feel like we talked about a lot. We covered a lot of ground with the heritage of vintage living. So I appreciate you if you stuck stuck on. I can't get my words right. <laughs> I appreciate you guys if you are still listening to the podcast right now. That's real love, and I appreciate your support. Um, as always, like, comment, subscribe, follow. Now, <laughs> I got the terminology down. Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave your boy a comment and a rate. Um, it I really appreciate it. It'll go a long way, and the data part of the podcast it allowed me to know more information about you guys so yeah that's the end of the podcast tune in next week we are going to talk about more style tips shout out to my boy khalil we're going to talk about style tips we're going to talk about let's talk about we're going to talk about inspiration for style how i get ready for certain events and what like what that whole process is I really appreciate you guys. I know I've said it already, but I need to say it again because without you guys, this podcast would not be possible and nobody would listen to it if you guys didn't. So yeah, um, enjoy the rest of your week. Until next time, peace out. I love you.